0: Everyone's podcast season two, episode three opening night is here with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on the inside the rink podcast network inside the rink.com is your one stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news insight and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink BetUS.
1: BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 28th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BetUS.com. And use the promo code RINK for your sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com.
0: <laughs> if you had the over-under at 429 points for David Krejci this year, <laughs> you should probably take the over. <laughs> uh, tonight the Bruins beat the Capitals 5-2 to two after a sluggish start uh, I thought uh, Lena Allmark kept them in it early she was sharp early and then Patrice Bergeron gets on the board on the power play and David Krejci paying dividends right away Parsonak makes it 2 to nothing unassisted on a turnaround goal actually it wasn't unassisted it was later assisted by uh, I think it was Clifton and Krejci yeah and Darcy Kemper wants that one back, but a good overall first period for the bruins
1: yeah i thought they I thought they were uh good they had jump early, they were skating well early, and uh you know they took it to the caps after a little bit of a you know shaky you know beginning very you know sluggish beginning um but you know power play goal, which is nice to see you know Bergeron scores the uh scores the first goal of the season for the bees. Uh, that's nice to see. So that, uh, Krejci and Bergeron, you know, coming back and, and paying dividends early. Uh, excellent. And then, uh, mm-hmm. in the second, they were not as good. Uh, Hall did score on a, on a beautiful passing play. Uh, he starts to play out of his own zone, uh, gets it up to Riley over to Pasta And then a great kind of no look pass back across the hall for the, uh, for the empty net. goal um, Well, I mean, it wasn't an empty net goal, but it was an open net pretty much. Um, so, uh, But then they got caught kind of, you know, feeling themselves a little bit. They jumped, the D's jumping up in the play. Riley has kind of a bad pinch. You know, they get up ice, and then they give up a three-on-one. You know, they give up another goal, you know, a goal before that. So, um, you know, Caps get right back in it, and then they have some life. And from from the point when Hall scored on in the game, the Bruins were on their heels for the rest of the night. Like, they— they, I'm surprised they, they actually pulled this one out because they played most of the second and the entirety of the third with the exception of you know a couple of rushes and an empty net goal in, in their own end. I mean, they had three shots on goal in the third period, all on the power play. The power play generated nothing in the third, really, um, when they had an opportunity to put the game away. So um, definitely some things to work on, but hey, a win is a win is a win. Always nice to get two points on the road. It is, and
0: especially against Washington, a team they've had trouble with in the past. You know, a heavier team that, that likes to play physical against the Bruins, and they did again tonight. Um, Jake DeBrusque was banged up, uh, fell on his arm, came back for a shift or two, and then did not return. So that's not certainly not good news. But I thought 5 on 5 the Bruins just weren't very good for much of the night, really. There was a part of the first period where they started to get some traction after the Bergeron goal, but you know 515 wasn't great and that's because not all lines the the third and fourth lines just for kind of non-existent and that doesn't help your rhythm and your you know your fluidity of your game when when two of your lines just aren't doing much of anything and I think that that, that was a, a big problem. Now you don't have McAvoy and Grizzlick and puck movers like that and I get that. But for the most part, five five, I just didn't I just thought that the Capitals, who are shorthanded themselves, mm-hmm. three four three very good forwards out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's uh you know, a team that I think honestly may miss the playoffs this year. I think it's going to be a disappointing season for Washington, unless they get some guys back and they, and they stem the tide here, but um, it's a game that the Bruins should win anyway. And they did. So, you know, we'll take the win as it is. It's nice to have Krejci back. He's a real second line center. <laughs> and it's nice to have that on the power play. Um, but, you know, all in all, I was with you. I, I think that for a good, you know, period and a half to period and three quarters, I didn't think the Bruins played well at all. No, I thought honest. the I thought the Capitals
1: were the better team for most of the night. You know, the Bruins took advantage of some of their chances, which is nice to see because um, mm. last year they kind of really struggled with that. When they had the chances, they, they couldn't bury them, and then, you know, uh, everything was kind of a grind. So it's nice to see them take advantage of some of their chances. I think having Krejci back certainly helps. There was a few plays through the center ice where it was just like on a stick, off a stick. <laughs> Uh, especially that goal late in the third period where Krejci ended up scoring himself, but he sprung Pasta on the breakaway, and then he kind of cleaned up the rebound. But it was a great pass through him uh, through center ice where it was on his tape, off his tape, right to Pasta with, you know, with speed um, attacking the net. And, uh, you know, it ended up paying off for him. So it's plays like that that, you know, is certainly nice to have 46 back in the fold.
0: No, absolutely, and I think he, you know, he just has his his vision and his ability to slow the play down, and you know, defensively, you know, he's he kind of is what he is. I mean, he's he's a good defensive center. He's not he's not anywhere near uh, as good a skater as he used to be. So that's going to be a problem at times, and just getting his overall foot speed, getting back into the play, back into a, a back check, and stuff like that. But um, so that line is going to. You know, people were mentioning don't have Riley and Clifton on there with the check line because it was it just wasn't very good. And that's not a good uh, that's not a good five some out there. But I think all in all, what the check line is going to give you is going to far outweigh what you might lose a little bit defensively because they were again, they were extremely noticeable. They were developing most of the chances all night. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, they just, they just, every time they were on the ice, something was happening. And uh, yeah, they gave up a couple of goals and one was unfortunate. I think you want Parsonak in the slot with a shot at the net. It got blocked. They're going the other way. Unfortunate. Um, But for the most part, I mean, that, that line won the game for you. So I think that, and I think that's going to have to be the case especially if the brusque is out for any period of time, that's going to have to be the case. Going forward. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, All right. Seven chirp's time sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order. Just go to LopsBrewing.com and visit them on social media at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. Trip number one, Mark McLaughlin sent down after a strong camp. Uh, he was eligible to go through without going through waivers. So that was one reason. But are the Bruins sending the right message when, when all we've heard of from Don Sweeney is how we need more from the younger players? We need to develop young players. You know, almost threw Cassidy under the bus when it came to young players. And now we're not giving them the chance to play, even though I get the waiver thing and I get the salary cap crunch. But still, I thought that Mark McLaughlin. Was one of the better players, especially bottom six players in the preseason.
1: Yeah, he deserves to be on the roster. There's no two ways about it. He de- he made the team in camp. He deserves to be on the roster. And the re and the fact that he's not, I I think is you know it's a salary cap thing. It's a waivers thing. It's uh you know we got to keep Felino happy thing to a certain extent. Um, so I don't love it. I don't love the message. Honestly, uh, I feel like. He earned the spot, so he should have it. It shouldn't, like, I would have liked to have seen him maybe on that third line with Coyle and Smith. Uh, Greer didn't show anything tonight you know he had a good two first preseason games and since then he's tailed off i didn't think he was good in in either of the last couple of games that, uh, preseason games that he played and he was not noticeable at all in this game other than the one the steal and the and the one shot that he had other than that like there wasn't anything well like well you were like wow what a hit I think he had like a couple, couple, three hits in the game, um, but nothing there that, you know, changed momentum or turned the tide or did anything to stand up to some of the banging that the Capitals gave you. So, uh, you know, if you, if that's what you're going to get, I think he only ended up playing like nine minutes. So if that's what you're going to get out of him, like I would rather see McLaughlin there.
0: I mean, he was Trent Frederick tonight, Greer. I mean, he just yeah. did exactly what Trent Frederick, we've been banging on Frederick for doing for the last, you know, three quarters of the season last year. So, yeah. You know, just kind of nothing, you know, and, and you're right. He came out with a bang. And, it, it, and I think you're seeing now why he, why he kind of bounces around from organization to organization is because the consistency that you talked about. Uh, You know, last episode, the episode before that young players need to play with a consistency and the players who don't make it can't. Right. And here's a guy that just hasn't brought the consistency. Everybody loved him because they thought he would hit and fight and maybe kick in a goal and bring energy. And he said all the right things and he was happy to be here and all of that. But at the end of the day, he, he was pretty largely useless tonight. And I thought that, um, you know, they, they're going to have to figure out that whole fourth line thing because tonight it was, it was garbage. It was bad. And I even thought and people on Twitter were talking about Jakob Lauko like he, was, like he had this fantastic game. He wasn't very good at all. In fact, he played six minutes in the first two periods. Like he wasn't on the ice much at all. Third period he drew two penalties and he finally showed some energy and he finally started to find his game but I thought in the first period especially the the speed and the physicality of the game was just over his head and I think that Montgomery felt that way too because he sat him for large chunks of that first and second period and he came in the third and he started to get his legs under him and so forth but again. You know, we've seen this with many young players coming through the system. And you can blame Cassidy, you can blame Sweeney, you can blame this and that. The bottom line is that all these guys sort of do the same thing. They, they do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then they disappear <laughs> for, for periods on end. And they just aren't good enough. And, you know, I think McLaughlin, for the most part, since he's signed with the team, has at least been noticeable on the ice. You know what I mean? As least has done some things on the ice, scored a couple of goals. Like he's, he looks like he belongs. And I think you gotta, I think you gotta throw him out there. I think you gotta give him a month to see if, if what you have is real there. And I think that it was unfortunate that he had to be sent down because of all the cap situations and waiver situations. But I think McLaughlin's going to be up here soon and he should be, he should be, um, all right, chirp number two, Cam Neely is frustrated about the narrative with Don Sweeney and is tired of talking about 2015. What what he fails to understand is that so are the fans. <laughs> and uh, here's his quote. The narrative is frustrating to me. I'm tired of talking about 2015. If you look at who at the Bruins have drafted and how many NHL games they've played, it's among some of the highest in the league. Every GM in the league makes mistakes. So I immediately thought of Dan Duquette with, we've been in first place for the most amount of days. Right, that that it that this is what that sounds like. It does, you know what I'm saying? And I get it. Eight guys played at least a game in the 2015 draft.
1: First of all, how many are any good? Well, that, that's the that's the rub. In prospect pool. That's the rub. There. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you your guys have played games, but are they impact players at all? Have they done anything in the league when they actually did play the games? Not really. Not really. I mean, DeBrusque is is a, you know, is a good quality NHL player and Zaborl is to be determined. He he looked good at the start of last year. He looked good early in camp, similar to Greer. And then Mm -hmm. since early in camp, he's kind of struggled. He, he hasn't been great. Um, Hopefully, you know, it's just shaking the rust off. He hasn't played hockey in a while. You know, obviously that regular season starts, the game speed and all that stuff ramps up from preseason to, to regular season. So, you know, he's got to get acclimated to that again. So, you know, maybe it's just shaking the rust off. But then Zach Shanishan is in the ECHL. You know, yep. he he's, yeah. he's not talented. That was a yep. huge miss. You picked huge. him in the middle yeah. of the first round when there were yeah. guys on the board, high on the board, that ended up being all-star caliber players that you could have taken. And if you were right. just stuck with the... The central scouting reports, you would have had Matt Barzal or Kyle Connor mm-hmm. or someone of that ilk. And instead, mm-hmm. you took a guy, you reached for a guy that isn't even in the league anymore. So mm-hmm. you can't say that you're frustrated. We're frustrated that you did something that stupid. That's right. why we're frustrated. Right. It's
0: not a, to me, it's not a narrative. It's fact.
1: Yeah, it it's is. The fact that, 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 that the
0: draft, that that draft was a huge miss on Senition's part. And, I, and I'm with you on Sborrel and Debrusque, fine, because they were both sort of rated near there or, or at there. Yes. Fine. I'm fine. Okay. And Debrusque has scored more goals than Barzal in his career. Yeah. But Senition was not on the, on the map. No. <laughs> and there were six or eight guys you could have picked. Who were almost can't miss ish people that have not missed that have been mm-hmm. pretty good players. Mm-hmm. You know, Konechny and yeah. and Aho and Besser. Yeah, and, I mean, there's, there's a ton of guys. A bunch. Them.
1: There was a bunch. There was a
0: bunch. And that's and that's where you missed, and it is damaging because instead of Charlie Coyle at center, you could have Barzal, yeah. and you wouldn't have Coyle. You know, you would maybe win a cup with Barzal in '19. You know, you don't you don't know. But that's the kind of damaging draft that's this is not just a the draft is a crapshoot and that's kind of what it is. Or every every GM does that. This is a special instance because it was such a boneheaded fucking move. Yeah. And he had just been hired as GM and Mm -hmm. he walks in with his Harvard graduate attitude and arrogance and says, I'm smarter than everybody else. So I'm going to take Zach initial. That's the only way I can describe it or I can understand it.
1: He reached is. for him. He reached for Frederick too, right? Frederick he was, was Frederick. a reach. When who was it? DeBrinket. DeBrinket right was ten yeah. picks. Would pick ten he, picks after him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like people are like, oh, you know, everybody else missed on DeBrinket too. Well, he was rated right around where you were picking. So like right. there were other guys rated ahead of him, and then when it came for your slot, he was right rated right in that area, end of the first mm-hmm. round, and you didn't pick him. And nope. now he's an all-star for a right. team that you're going to have to face, you know, in your division consistently now. And you got mm-hmm. Trent Frederick out there scratched tonight and, uh, you know, put up what eight goals last year or something. 10 goals. Yeah. Eight goals. Yeah. eight, Maybe. Yeah. It was an eight. Yeah. Cause you it want the cause you want the size and the physicality that he doesn't give you. Yeah. yeah. He fought Tom Wilson two years ago. Awesome. What's yeah. he doing now? Nothing. I'll be honest with you. I, I I can't believe
0: that Frederick just hasn't been sent down and you know and and just be done with. This is his last year of his contract. Are you really going to resign him? No, you know. I mean, why would you resign that guy? Unless it was league minimum, like you're not going to bring him back. I mean, why would you? He doesn't. He can't even play now. Seven years later, like you're not going to bring him back. So I I, I just. I don't know I, I the whole the whole thing with nearly it's it's again it's a lack of accountability, it's almost just like you know well, everybody makes mistakes, and we're still pretty good a front office because we have the most – well, you, do, do you see the rankings that are 32nd? And some people call it BS, but 32nd is 32nd. It's not like they're 22nd.
1: Yeah, and people <laughs> – I, I went back and forth with some people on Twitter about this, and they're like, well, the Bruins pick at the bottom of the, of the first round every year because they're always good. Yes, that's the case. But there's other teams that pick at the bottom of the first round too mm-hmm. that, right. that still have better prospects than you. And they're yes. like, well, the ranking's subjective. Well, it is to a certain degree. But if everybody says the same thing, then it's not right. subjective. <laughs> no, if no, everybody's saying the Bruins are last, you know, athletic, right. 32nd, hockey, you know, hockey DB or whatever, everybody. 29th, hockey writers, right. 32. Like right. everybody says they're at the bottom. If everybody yes. says it, then it's true. It's not subjective. You yeah. don't have it's good, it's good prospects. You don't. Yeah.
0: It's reality. And I yeah. think that, you know, you can, you can you know, get all pissed off at, at Cassidy for how he treated the young players. But he was frustrated because they can't play. And I think you're seeing that with, again, with guys, again, who come come into the system, you know, get a, get a, get a go of it tonight with Lauko in the first couple of periods. And again, he's struggling to keep up. And then he has a decent third period, but we'll see what happens the next game. I mean, is he going to be able to continue to do it? And it's just guys who can't stick in the league. And I know they have, they've picked later, and some of that's their own fault, for trading first round picks and everything, but okay. They still picked later. Fine. But, you know, Braden points, a third, third round guy. Like, I mean, the Tampa Bay's picked all sorts of guys, Palat, all, all over the friggin' draft board. And, you know, you're not getting any guys much at all. And 2008, 2018 until now, this is the first game that the Bruins, that a Bruins player drafted beyond 2018 has played a game and that's Yelka Bloko 7,000 games have been played by NHL players who have been drafted from 2018 till now one game for the Bruins and it was loco tonight. So, I mean, that tells you something, doesn't it? You have one guy four years ago, he just played his first game. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. I mean, that's pretty bad.
1: I mean, it's kind of telling And, and
0: that's, and that's again, not a narrative. That is fact. Um, trip number three. Anton Stralman signs a one-year, one, $1 million-dollar deal. What happens when everybody is healthy? Ha, kind of have a logjam on defense. I think I liked. I liked the signing. Um, I love I'm it. Not sure, I'm not sure why they gave him a million when they couldn't give him the vet minimum, but whatever. But okay, but. But I do like the strongman because they needed right side help. And I've seen people on Twitter saying, you know, I don't get the hype and it's not that big of a deal. They needed right shot, right defenseman help because they didn't have the depth there. They have a lot of left, left side guys, but they needed a right side depth guy who is a good veteran and who is actually a, a pretty good player. If you look at his, it's, he was on a terrible Coyotes team. Yeah and still play 20 minutes a game and mm-hmm. still put up some fairly decent numbers on a bad team. Yeah. Very so I bad. Strawman is, uh, is someone that will definitely help them.
1: Yeah. I think that's, a, I think it's a really good signing, honestly. And I think, um, you can never have too many defensemen as we found out with the Bruins, uh, you know, injuries to defensemen happen, especially if you have some smallish guys, Grizzlick, uh, being one who seems to get banged up pretty regularly. Um, whether it's in the playoffs or, you know, in the regular season, Kylo gets banged up quite a bit, you know, uh, McAvoy's missed game. Like they have guys that miss games, so you can't have too much defensive depth in my opinion. Uh, Strawman's a great veteran guy. He's steady. He's smooth. He doesn't rattle. Um, so I, I think that he can only help. And in, in, in my world, in my, uh when everybody 's healthy, I would rather see Strawman on the third defensive pair than clifton that 's just me and and how I would rather mm-hmm. see the Bruins play i think Cl- Clifton is a wild card. You see some good, you see some really bad. He had a few good moments tonight, but he also you know did some Clippy hockey things where he 's all over the place, turns the puck over um so I think Strawman's a little more reliable, a little more steady. You kind of know what you're going to get. He plays hockey like everybody else plays hockey. It's not straw hockey. It's not right. like right. Cliffy hockey. Right. Like he plays like the rest of the league plays. So you know right. what you're going to expect from him. Clifton, right. it's a wild card. He's all over the damn place. Yeah, you never know what he's going to do. The time.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you yeah. know, I think he just fits the system a little bit more. He plays within himself. When Clifton plays within himself, he's decent. But he doesn't do that all the time. He gets the feeling. Him. We've talked about this last year. He gets the feeling himself a little bit, and he gets kind of out of what he should be doing, uh, and and then he gets into trouble. So uh, in my ideal world, Stromlin's the third pair, right shot D. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen unless there's injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean Clifton's the seventh. You know, the seventh. Uh, you know, the seventh guy. Uh, like we've said before. And I think Strawman is a is a good guy to have in the lineup for sure. Um and I think he'll definitely help.
1: All right. Uh trip number four, opening night lineup. Your thoughts on that? Uh I didn't I don't I didn't love I mean, the Greer thing, like, I felt like he earned a spot. Um, so I was fine with him playing and Frederick sitting. Uh the fourth line I didn't like at all. Um, uh, I don't I didn't want to see Felino in there. I didn't want to see Nosik in there. So I would have rather seen you know, McLaughlin, Studnika, Lauko on the fourth line and see what the kids can do. Um, You know, maybe you don't want that. Maybe you want something that's more energy, whatever. Um, Lauko gives you that. I think McLaughlin gives you that. And Studnika's shown a willingness uh, in preseason to throw his weight around a little bit. Um, Those guys seem to have a little bit of chemistry too. They, you know, um, so maybe you put Greer with those two guys, Sit, Lauko. And you give Frederick a chance back on the third line. I think you'll probably see that Saturday. I think Frederick will be back in. Greer will be out. I think it's a possibility that that Stutniko, uh could get in for for, uh, for Nosek, um on Saturday too. You but also
0: get in for Nebraska. because if the oh, that's true, play, that's true.
1: Yeah, he might. You might see him on the top
0: line with. Yeah. With Bergeron, yeah. Um, and, you know, I the opening night lineup. What I'd really like to, s- I really kind of wanted to see Greer play with McLaughlin. And if that had to be Stadnica at fourth line center, then fine. I, I, I am in, looking forward to a a time when Beecher is centering that line with with McLaughlin and somebody. Whether that's Greer, whether that's somebody else on the left wing. Um, cause I think, I think those guys could really do something on that fourth line. I'd like to see McLaughlin on it sooner than later. And I, and I will preach that from the get go. I think Thomas Nosick has done absolutely nothing for about a calendar year now. It's just like,
1: it's just, I'm not even it, sure uh, why he made the team. Honestly, I, I don't,
0: I don't know. I don't, and, th- you know, he doesn't make a ton of money. Like he just makes like 400 grand more than Wagner. Like I'd rather have Wagner out there.
1: Yeah, like I would I just, too. I, I would too.
0: It's just he just doesn't do anything. No. And it's and it's really kind of pathetic. And I mean you could say what you want about Felino, but he makes three point eight. Like they have to kinda see that through. They probably feel that way. I, I'd rather them send him down and and be done with him like they did with Wagner last year. But if they feel like they they, you know, gave him a contract and they need to see it through, then okay. So that's fine, but with no sick, it's like, this guy's not making a ton of money. Why are we doing this? And he's not going to be resigned. Right. So I just don't, I just don't know what we're doing there. Uh, all right. chip number five, power play scores early, struggles late. Nick Felino, of course doesn't help on a second unit. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have him as your extra forward on a, on a power play unit of any kind, um, in the driveway or in a <laughs> NHL hockey game. And, uh, and then Krejci obviously makes a difference and will make a difference on the power play. And, of course, Martian will and McAvoy will and Grizzlick will. I mean, you're losing probably your two defensemen you'd play on there yeah. and your best left wing. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, But I thought that Krejci getting the first goal is, is big, and I think Krejci definitely helps that uh, the power play and, and will help the power play. They should be middle-of-the-pack power
1: play. They won't be the one of the best, but they shouldn't be – as bad as they were at the end of last year I think they they should be toward um they should be higher up they should be towards the top if they can get their entries figured out, I think Krejci can set up Pasternak and and he'll he'll score a lot of goals i think I think is going to have a really good season, so I think their power play should be pretty good if they can straighten out the entries. It's still early, you know they're still you know working on that i suppose um I don't know if they got as much time on that in camp as they probably would have liked to. Uh, Hall was down for a little bit, and, you know, some of those guys were kind of working their way back. So uh, I think eventually they'll be pretty good, but uh, it's a little rough here early still, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, missing Martin and McAvoy, like you said.
0: Yeah. Uh, trip six, Bruins 5 on 5 play, still an issue. Wasn't great last year. Needs to be better. Um, it is something to keep an eye on. Again, not not a full squad, but it is something to keep an eye on as we go forward. Because five one five tonight, they weren't very good.
1: You need you need more from your third line. You need more from yeah. your third line. So if 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 the check line is going to give you what it gives you every night, I, you know it can't be like the perfection line of you know back in the day where it was like if they don't score, you don't win. So it seems like it may be like that now with the check line at this early in the season part here. Um, like if they don't score, you don't win. So like you need some production out of the Bergeron line. Having to breast doesn't help. Obviously Marshan's out. So that's kind of a little bit in flux. Uh, you need some production there, but you need production out of the third line. You can't be taking zeros from that line and expect no. to tread water until you get those guys back. So you need something out of those guys. You need Smith to have a rebound year. You need coil to, Shoot the puck a little bit more, be more of a big body, possess the puck, you know, take the puck to the net instead of, you know, skating it around the outside and and then losing it. You know, take it to the net hard, get pucks to the net and have guys banging rebounds like you need production from them. And and then obviously the fourth line, um, you know, just can't get scored on. You know, be, right. yeah. you Just know, be hard to chip against. in the occasional goal. Don't be hard to play against and and don't get scored on. And, and right. you know, and then hopefully you tread water until you get, you know, Marshan back and McAvoy back and, and then you can make a real push. You know, I know it didn't,
0: it didn't really happen for them last year and it, and it didn't really work in the small sample size they had, but I'd put Hall on the third line. Like it, when Marshan's back and I'd try Hall, Coyle, and Smith for a good two or three weeks and see if you can get something because I think with Hall there, you know, maybe if with you know, with Coyle's, you know, possession and with Smith's shot and with Hall we will get to the sort of into the front of the net and bang in some rebounds. I think that you could have a pretty good third line there that that's a mismatch if you had if you just kept the check line and you had Marchand with DeBrusque up on the top line, I think you try Hall and Coyle Smith again because I think you can really, you know, balance out your lineup and and have some pretty good talent throughout if you if you try that and I and I and I would I, I'd try it again when everybody's healthy because I think that could be something and I you know what and I know he had, I don't know what is exactly what his no movement it is and everything I I'd, I'd explore if things aren't going well. I'd explore kicking coil around. I I would, because I, you know, I, 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 he's a possession guy and he, you know, and and this and that, but he's also a guy that brings you to the edge and then kind of doesn't deliver. You know what I mean? He's just kind of like one of those, you know, he's 40 points a year. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, maybe, maybe you deal them and maybe you, uh, he gives some younger kid a, a chance there or something else. I, I don't know, but he's making a pretty good amount of money mm. for scoring 40 points a year, and he's, he's still on the books, and, and maybe that's a guy you, you try to, to deal and try to open up some money from. Um, all right, in chirp seven, Jake DeBrus goes down, can't really afford more injury trouble. So it's going to test, test the depth for sure if he's out for any period of time.
1: Yeah, we you know, they just can't have that. <laughs> they just can't have this no. right now. They we they just no. can't I mean, they've already lost top six guys, you know, who knows if Halls 100%. So he was banged up, Marshan's out, now DeBruskas out. You know, thank God Krejci and Bergeron came back. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Pasta's Pasta, but you know, they they just can't afford injuries. You know, we've talked about the depth and and they they may have a little bit more of it with some guys, but like McLaughlin's not up. Right, so right. <laughs> you know, Stanika didn't play. I mean, he'll probably get a chance on Saturday, um, depending on what happens with the Brusque, um, or maybe Nosic or or somebody else, um, and maybe Frederick gets in. But um, yeah, you you just can't afford to have have any more injuries. So you know, fingers crossed. No, I, that, I, that know, it's nothing I, uh, the serious. Thing is
0: you have you have bottom six depth, I think. But you really don't have top six depth. No. And not, not many people do. No. No, so, you, no, they don't. Know, not many teams do. But with Marsh and I do DeBrusque may be out. And now, I mean, it's that Nika up there. And you, you're not going to move Craig Smith up there with that friggin' with that disaster tonight. Like, I just, Smith to me is, he's on the last legs here. Like, he's on the last legs. He's, he's on his last year of his deal. I don't think you bring him back. You know, he's just, he's gone south from, you know, mid last year, actually struggled the beginning of the year. Then he started to do okay toward the middle of last year. And then he f- was terrible. So I, I don't know. He, he just, I don't know if he's just aging or if it's just, I don't know what it is, but he, his performance is, has been extremely up and down more down than up. And uh, like you said, the third line is the key. I mean, that's gotta be a mismatch line that that's how, that's how you win. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, Michael Ryder, mm-hmm. you know, Rich Pebbly, Chris Kelly. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how you win. Yeah. Is your third line. Is, you know, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Their third line dominates teams. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they win cups. Yeah. That's how the Bruins won the cup. You know, it's just so your third line can't be garbage because your fourth line doesn't do much. So oh. you're a two line team at best. So I, you know, I'm, I'm with you on it. They don't have a ton of depth. And I think, you know, it's, they, they they're older in spots. They're still not a top 10 oldest team. Pittsburgh is the oldest team in the league. 30.3 years of age average. Wow. Like that's old. But the Bruins uh, are old in spots, especially at center. Yeah. And and injuries will and can bite them. So I hope that's this is not a trend. Uh, All right. Beauties and Benders time. And first, the three beauties and beauty number three. David Pasternak showing his worth right on the gate tonight. And what is that worth going to be? What do you you think his worth
1: is? I think his worth, uh, well, it sounds like it's going to be like uh, the richest contract in Bruins history. I'm hoping it's, (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping it's, uh, it's, uh, 888. Um, but, but we'll see. And, and here, here is a quick, uh, this is going to be our beauties. Uh, noise, our beauty sound for for this season. Gonna love you,
0: eh? They're gonna be loving <laughs> you from dawn until dusk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're gonna love him. For we're gonna years, love you,
1: really? eh? <laughs> yeah. to love you from dawn till dusk. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're gonna love Pasternak for eight years. He had uh, four points tonight and uh was you know he's just a he's just a really good player, and I thought Wayne Gretzky made a good point tonight. Sometimes <laughs> what does. what you know, I, I thought he actually made a good point with Pasternak when he's talked about Pasternak's willingness to be to at least be responsible defensively. In that he even said, Gretzky, you know, you want your high goal scorers just to be responsible defensively. You don't expect much from them but just be willing to play defense and be willing to be responsible in your own ends. And I thought that was a really good point because Pasternak has gotten to that point where he's just responsible enough. where yeah. It doesn't kill you. And he's, he's learned to get by defensively to be more of a complete type of player. And I thought that was actually a pretty good point. It is. A, it we is a good, you know, it doesn't give you much. No, it is a but good point. It was a, it was a good point. Um, all right. Beauty number two, David Krejci gonna love you eh they're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk <laughs> <laughs> he, he was missed dearly last year and that's a real second line center friends
1: yes it is yes yeah. it is uh some of the passes he made tonight just uh tremendous obviously uh the goal late kind of iced the game for them uh just a backhand roof job off a rebound which is yeah um excellent stuff and and yeah. uh yeah, it's going to be great to watch him play again. I'm I'm really really happy that he is back in the fold and uh mm-hmm. looking forward to a a full season of of Kretsch.
0: I credit you. You've 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 said it many times.
1: It, an underrated finisher and shooter of the puck. He is. Underrated. I I wish he would shoot more. If he shot more, yeah. he would score 25 or 30 goals. He would. He would. He would. I mean, he has
0: tremendous hands. He like, really like, really like, does. He really really does. does. It's really filthy, silky myths. Uh, And then uh, number one beauty, uh, Derek Forbort. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from
1: dawn until dusk. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh he's he was a horse tonight 23 minutes 19 seconds of ice time six block shots five hits a pillar on the penalty kill I mean willing to throw his body in there I mean he's the type of underrated third pair guy like the Andy Ference type sure that does the dirty stuff mm-hmm. and has, he kind of goes under the radar because you really don't he doesn't jump off the off the ice to you but he is i would keep him over riley and yeah. clifton and all those other guys because he's the perfect third pair penalty
1: killing you know solid defenseman you need he is he's kind of like an offensive lineman it's like if you don't hear his name then he's doing a good right. job it's like right. he, he's just out there like nothing's really happening he's blocking shots doing yeoman's work on the pk you know chips in an occasional goal or an assist here or there um but yeah, if you don't notice him, then he's then he's doing it doing it the right way.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, and time now for our three benders. And Bender number one is the Smith Coil Greer line. We expected more, certainly more than generating two shots.
1: Have a bender. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's for sure yeah <laughs> that's for sure I mean I thought I thought I thought Smith was terrible I thought Coyle uh there were a couple of times where he you know made a decent rush one time one-handed try to wrap around like you know doing coil type of things which is a whole lot of nothing in the end I mean he just possessed 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 and nothing comes of it uh and then Greer like you said just didn't just was there didn't do much of anything he had the one steal he had a nice read stole it shot into the belly but after other than that i i didn't see much of him at all didn't hear much of him at all certainly wasn't what i had expected cuz i was really looking forward to seeing him provide what he did the first couple of preseason games
1: yeah greer had one shot and three hits smith had one mm-hmm. shot Coyle had no shots. Coyle was dominant at the dot, though. He was he won eight, lost lost only one. So that's yeah, okay, that well, that pa- that part's yeah. good to see. Um, mm-hmm. But you would think if you if you win eight draws and lose only one, that you might be able to generate a little bit more offensively. <laughs> you would yeah, think you have the puck because yeah. you have the puck, right? <laughs> yeah. So you would think that that would that would lead to maybe some offense, but it really didn't. So. There's something a little off with there. Maybe you gotta, maybe you gotta break up Smith and Coil. Maybe, you, maybe you do something there. I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, there's really not any play, other place you can play either one of those guys, unless you, mm. you know, decide to put Coil up with Bergeron, maybe, and, and slit, slide Stanika into that uh, third line center role or something like that. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, they, they need, you know, they need to generate more offense.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, um, all right. Bender, number two, Nicholas a <laughs>
1: And
0: He is, he is probably about to set a record for benders on this, on this very program. I think Frederick probably has the record, but he's closing in fast. Uh, you know, a wonderful man, not a very good hockey player. Uh, can't really do much of anything. Has no little to no speed. Um, You know, we'll throw his body in there and and get in a scrum in the corner, but there's not much to his game at all. He cannot do anything offensively unless he's standing in front and just trying to bang in a rebound. I mean, he's just not there, and it's at the point right now where you just can't wait for for his career as a Bruin to be over because it's just a waste of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, he didn't offer anything at all last year. And, um, you know, it's only one game, uh, but he's not showing much now so far. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would have, I would have sent him down and, and kept McLaughlin on the team personally, Mm. but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, and hopefully he chips in some and we're wrong about it, but, uh, it, it certainly doesn't appear as that's going to be the case.
0: No, I mean, I I probably in hindsight, and although I I don't love it, I probably would have had Frederick start with Coral Smith tonight and had Greer in the fourth line. You know, if he didn't want, if he really had to send McLaughlin down, I would have done that. Um, And then just had Felino just go to Providence and, you know, collect his money. And I mean, it's just, there's just nothing here for him anymore. And he's blocking young players who may or may not be able to play. But well, you can't figure that out if Nick Felino is standing there uh, on your second power play unit and you know, on your first line and all this other stuff. you can't he can't be the guy who's blocking people right now, and he is, and sick and Felino are blocking younger players and blocking the opportunity to get to know them and see if they can play.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's just not it's just not okay. Um, and that brings us to Bender number one. Thomas Nosick
1: sick. a bender
0: did he even play did didn't, didn't didn't really notice him at all really at all he you know they they had a couple of kills and i think he cleared the puck once or twice but he he does absolutely nothing and when he gets the puck there's no chance for any play to be made
1: there oh. no. <laughs> no i mean i don't i don't really even know what to say cause yeah. i cuz it didn't appear that he played tonight so no. I get, how how can you ch- critique his game when you are like uh, did, I do I I wasn't even sure he was out there, no. So here's the thing, if and I and I and I am one to think
0: that Jack Sudnik is just not going to make it. I just don't think he's going to end up being a an everyday consistent NHL player. But wouldn't you wouldn't you now that Cassidy's gone and all the excuses are gone? Wouldn't you now put him in there and say, okay, Jack, we've got guys out here's your chance for a month to see what you can do. And if you can't do it, then we're going to send you wherever we're going to send you to
1: send to you down. We'll wave Utica you
0: Utica comments. Yeah. We're going to send you with Sinition, or we're going to send you the main Mariners. or We're going to send you wherever, but we're going to figure it out and see if it's actually a, a possibility. Why in God's name, would you throw Thomas Nosek in there again when he's only making like a, like 1.75, he's not making a ton of money. Why would, in God's name, would you keep throwing him out there when Jack Stadnika, and I, look, I, I don't think he can do it, and I'm not a Stadnika guy, but now I'm beginning to think that you are blocking young players from at least getting to think that they can at least try to see if they can play. And it's just, I, I don't understand this move at all. Because he's done nothing for, like, 11 months. Like, he's, he did something the first month of last season yeah. and then did nothing. Right. And, and scored three goals last year and did nothing. Yeah. Like there were times where he was absent, and he looks slow. He looks like he's not, like, mm-hmm. aggressive. He, he, yeah. he just doesn't look like he's, he's a step behind. Like, he's just not providing anything. If that was a young player, he would be, scr- he would be scratched. He would be in Providence. He would be he would not get Oh no doubt he would be yanked he would be getting five minutes of ice time the one time he'd play in Boston. But they just give him all this leash. I don't get it. I don't. I think it's completely maddening. And again, I'm not a Studnica guy. I I still don't think he can play. I still don't think he's that he's a part of the nucleus going forward. But for God's sakes show me someone, some young guy, because you're going to need some with cap restrictions and stuff. You're going to need somebody to, to make l- very little money playing somewhere in this lineup. You know, you have to go out and get a couple of centers, high-cost high centers probably coming up soon. You have no cap space. Like, you need one of these guys to play. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, Nosek don't. played almost 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's he
1: incredible was, to He me. was 7-7 seven, seven seven on, the, on the dot, so 50%. And he had three hits, nothing else, no shots, 15 nothing. 15 minutes? Fifth, I, almost I, 15. Yeah, 14 would, 51. If you
0: had said to me before the broadcast or on the broadcast, if you said to me, how, how many minutes do you think Nosik played? I would have said under 10. I would have said, boy, he must have he missed a bunch of shifts because I didn't even notice him out there. I, I, I would have thought he was benched tonight at some point. 15 minutes is, is 14 minutes too long. For That's just horrific. That is really, really bad. Um, all right, week ahead for the Bruins, uh, 10-15 on Saturday. Home opener versus the Arizona Coyotes. And then on Monday, the 17th, versus the Florida Panthers. And then on the 18th, they're at the revitalized, rejuvenated, young upstart, Ottawa Senators. That should be a 18th. good one. Staying should on. be. You know, I, I, I wrote uh I just wrote an article on kind of like a season preview Ottawa Senators because, you know, what else is there to do? And <laughs> and uh you know, Alex De and and Stutzel and uh Batherson and Norris and I mean a lot of young talents forwards. Giroux of course, and Giroux was added. Um and they've got uh you know Shabbat. Shabbat, yeah. And they picked up Cam Talbot as a goaltender, so you know, I think that, I don't think they're as good as the top four in the division, but I think they're right behind. I think they'll be in the 85 point-ish if things go right for them, because they, they do have some talent. Yeah, they could push for
1: a playoff spot, I think.
0: They could. I mean, they could. You know, I mean, I John Butchergross had Florida missing the playoffs. You see yeah, that? I did. Yeah. He had them as a non-playoff team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with them that I think they'll be disappointing. I really do. I think yep. there's going to be a fall down from them. Mm-hmm. I by agree. Missing the playoffs. Holy boy, that, that would be a complete catastrophe if they missed the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so the Ottawa Senators are coming up on uh, Tuesday of next week. Uh, and we will have our power rankings, our first uh, Bruins Benders podcast power rankings on next week's program. Uh, go to insidetherink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. We are now on TikTok if you want to see 10 minutes of these episodes on uh tiktok you can do that we may even do a little little something funky a little dancing a little <laughs> viral dancing fun.
1: no viral dancing just yet just yet <laughs>
0: a little viral we'll, dancing.
1: well i don't know we might have to we might have to set a thing like if we get if we hit like 100 subscribers or some yes. someone on, on uh on tiktok 100 followers oh, on tiktok it. or something like that that you'll You'll get uh, you'll get some kind of viral dance oh, out of us. Somebody, or
0: that's a that's a really good that's a really good social media campaign right there. That's just reeks of yeah of uh, chicanery. Hashtag benders um,
1: benders dancing.
0: Yeah, benders dancing. Hashtag. Uh, so that's at Bruins Benders podcast, and we are now on Amazon Music. You can listen to the Bruins Benders
1: podcast
0: on Amazon Music, and we will be back again next week. We appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Whoa, back Betty, bam a Whoa, back Betty, bam a She really gets me high. bam a you know that.